I am recovering from a flu, so I apologize in advance for any um, coughing or sniffling. But <laughs> no, it's it's okay. That is what the uh, magic of editing will be for. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Polite Conversations Podcast, where every episode is focused on civility, decorum, and good manners. And I'm your lovable, non-controversial host, Ina. If you know me, you know I definitely don't like to ruffle any feathers at all. Welcome to episode 72 with journalist and writer Parker Malloy, writer of the Present Age newsletter. How are you doing, Parker? Hey, I'm doing okay. I just, uh, as I was telling you a moment ago, I, I just bumped my head. But other than that, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're okay. And I'm sorry you bumped your head. I hope it wasn't uh, like setting up this call or something no 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 it's 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 my other the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of my day that is chaos (laughs) (laughs) okay so how are you doing other than the head bump other than the head bump i'm uh i'm i'm hanging in there you know everything is 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 relative to the, you know, the world that we've we've all kind of gotten used to oh living in. Oh, my gosh. In. It gets like every year I tell myself that there's no way it's going to be worse than this. So at least it's only upwards from here. And every year I am so wrong. Yeah, I think I think I know I, I know better than to than than to think that things are uh, are, are going to be headed in a great direction going into an election year. Here. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Because the the twenty the twenty twenty election because I was I was working at Media Matters at the time right and as the election came closer my my thought was because everyone there was working so hard and spending a lot of time because there was just a lot going on leading up to the election and um it was kind of funny because it was there was this this idea that I had that was like hey well you know what as soon as the election's over at least that we'll have like you know, a, a, a month or two where where it won't be so crazy, where it won't be so so over the top, you know, and, and I'll I'll be able to to get some rest in, and then you know the election just never ended, and things things only got more ridiculous as time went on. Yeah. You know, we, then we have January sixth, and there was no no break. Just went from one one uh, disaster into another into another, which is kind of. Uh, been been an ongoing theme truly like i mean it's indescribable how um i don't want to use the cliched orwellian but like it's truly um it's mind-boggling like how awful the world can be (laughs) yeah yeah but you know we we all make the make the best of it that we can for sure for sure well you know i am so thrilled to be speaking to you because i've been following you online for years and it is such an honor to have you on the show well thanks i'm 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 happy to be here thanks for thanks for asking me yeah so you mentioned working at media matters i wanted to talk to you about um you know your thoughts on what's going on with elon Uh and uh his ridiculous lawsuit against Media matters and how how that is just kind of like observing yeah. that from the outside since you're no mm-hmm. longer working there. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, what I was thinking about that uh, qu- quite a bit after the the lawsuit and the back and forth and you know all that stuff. It is it's kind of surreal to to watch this all happen from the outside because I, I worked at Media Matters for almost three years, so I was there for like there are a lot of people who have been there for more than 10 years. So my, my time there was, was short compared to theirs, but, but still, you know, almost three years. That's, yeah, that's, that's a decent amount of time. And, you know, the thing with working there was there would always be people who would threaten to sue, Mm. um, who, who would send like, who would send the writers of things like really angry emails being like, I'm going to sue if you don't take down an article that I don't like. And like, then you'd look and the article that they're mad about is just, 
directly quoting them. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet you that they're like all like free speech warriors as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, you know, one time I criticized what's James O'Keefe, no, that guy, and he uh, got so mad. He sent this like just angry, you know. His he had his lawyer send me an angry email, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. And you know, so I just gave it to the media matters people, and I was just like, Hey, I don't know who handles this, but here you go. <laughs> uh, and what? And it just, nothing. nothing ever. Nothing ever came of it, but. You know, that stuff happens, but with with Musk's lawsuit, I guess the one thing that, you know, looking at that from the outside, because the whole, you know, for anyone who's not super familiar with it, basically Media Matters was was keeping track of the the ads that were running on on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna keep calling it Twitter though, but Yeah. yeah. And um it, that's kind of just you know what what they do they they've they've criticized facebook in the past they've criticized you know twitter youtube pretty much any social media network that exists has been criticized by media matters for one thing or another over the years especially facebook right uh, in years past but w- with this it was you know ever since you know elon kind of took the you know took the took the safety you know, breaks off of uh off of Twitter. There's just been a lot to criticize because there are people who p- post horrible things on there. You know, there was a in my for you tab, there was a pro whites only dating app that popped up and I was like, what yeah. on earth? And then I then I I you know, I report it because you know, it's like let's let's just see what they're Things are. I don't. I don't think that they'll actually ever take action. But I always want to check. And the funny thing is, if you report a tweet right now, when you get a response, it will have the Twitter logo on it and say it's from Twitter, not X. And like they haven't even bothered to update oh. these things. So, so you'll you'll get that. But uh, yeah. So basically, what happened was Media Matters was uh, was was keeping track of you know the ads that were running on Twitter. And also the content that was running with it. And so they made an account and they were just kind of refreshing until they they saw ads next to terrible tweets, took screenshots and made a post out of it. And that was kind of the argument. And so Musk gets mad and he's saying like, you know, oh, you're you're hurting the company. It's like, no, man, you're hurting the company. Right. And by terrible tweets, like you're not joking. I mean, it's like pro Hitler tweets not yeah like they it's one of those things where he wants to have it both ways he wants people to keep giving him money you know but he also wants to be able to turn twitter into a sewer without any without anything changing you know without anything yeah. with the advertiser relationships it's like you know, th- this is why big brands don't advertise on 4chan or right. social. You know, it's because they for these exact reasons. It's not that it's like, oh, you're anti-free speech. It's brands don't want to throw themselves into those sorts of controversies. Most CEOs make a point of not appearing super political publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, they put on a very and of course every ceo absolutely is political yeah. <laughs> you know business in general is political but there's always this like effort to try to appeal to everyone that's always kind of you know that's the best way to do business mostly but yeah musk doesn't seem to get that and he's like why don't you want to why don't you want to join my controversy right and he also seems to not understand that part of free speech is like exercising your right to speak with and next to whoever yeah. you want to. Yeah, and like and and I, as we're as we're recording this, he tweeted out some some insults aimed at Bob Iger of Disney. Like why? Do you think that's going to bring them back? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like when he did that what what that conference or talk? Yeah. Yeah. Where he said go fuck yourselves to advertisers like I've never seen anyone this terrible at business. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of amazing, but you know, in all that, the the one thing that has frustrated me about it is 
that the same people who are like, how dare brands not advertise on Twitter anymore? They hate free speech. They're the same people who spent months throwing like wild angry tantrums about Bud Light sending one can. Yes, one can. One can to Dylan Mulvaney to advertise directly to her followers on Instagram. Like, it wasn't a national campaign. It was just like, it was just one ad aimed at her followers. Conservatives should not have ever even seen this, let alone like blasted it across like the world. And you know, they they were like, Bud Light needs to not do this. And the controversy wasn't anything that Dylan had said or positions she had taken. It was just that they thought that, oh, advertising on a trans person's page is, is wrong and bad. And, and they're still going on about it. They, yeah, they still are. Someone was like, look how much, look how much they paid Dylan. I, I mean, yeah, Dylan got a lot of money for that apparently. But I, so, I mean, like other other people, you know, other do. influencers make the same. It's, yeah. it's it's just that's how that whole industry works. You know, they don't people aren't reading ads for, you know, mattress companies and stuff like because they just love Casper mattresses <laughs> or whatever, you know, they're right. They're, they're doing that because it's like, the, you know, the, the sponsorship agreement. Right. And you know what? These companies aren't like so super genuine in their solidarity or concern for diverse representation either. Oh, yeah. no. It's just what they think their oh. market wants. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they threw they threw uh, Dylan Mulvaney under the bus. Bud Light did you exactly. Know, after, you know she had that. She put out a video where she was talking about how they no one checked in on her after that. Like yeah, it's it's so ridiculous because and Target too. Yeah, tar- oh that was another one. Target's been doing that for Target's been been having a pride section in its store for for more than a decade. Yeah, and suddenly this year. People on the right realize that if they if they throw a big enough fit, if they act dangerous enough, that they can get companies to backpedal and, you know, move back to where they were 15 years ago, right. 20 years ago. And and I all that does is encourage them to keep doing that. It tells them this is a tactic that is winning, that is yeah. that is working. So you know, before before Pride Month last last year, I, I wrote something that was that was like brands need to decide right now whether they want to do Pride stuff or not. Don't, don't you know whatever decision you make now, it's fine. Like if you don't want to if you don't want to sponsor a float in a parade or if you don't want to have a Pride section in your store, that's totally fine. Just just do it. And don't do it because of backlash. Just make your choice now and stick with it, whatever it is. And because Target caving to to that was far worse than Walmart not having a pride section and not causing controversy. You right, know? Like, right. Like I would rather the brands just not do anything in the first place than doing something and then taking it back. Yeah, it you makes know? them look so spineless and Exactly. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to make you upset no no but, it's um, just it's uh it's it's exhausting isn't it? it it truly is and you know what really infuriates me more than anything is like people like dave rubin i'm not sure if you're familiar with oh him. oh i'm fr- i'm familiar with dave rubin yes <laughs> right so he's he's completely on board with it right he's like we're being like um what was the word that he used maybe like pummeled or pulverized i can't remember exactly the word but he's like we're being pummeled by the gay agenda nowadays and yeah, it's like he's gay <laughs> yeah and he gets so much hate from his audience for it when he makes like a birth announcement or something yeah well i remember one time i remember one time uh it was it was on his show he had ben shapiro on there and they were having a conversation and and <laughs> he asked he asked shapiro if he's like he's like well like if if I invited you to my wedding, you'd you'd come, right? Or something like that. And Shapiro's like, No, I wouldn't because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like he's like, Because that's against my religion and I think it's bad and blah blah. You know, all the all that that classic Ben Shapiro. Right. And then he even tries to tone it down. He's like, Would you then bake me a cake, a wedding yeah, cake an like, anniversary like, cake? No, I wouldn't do that. To an event that, that 
that my husband was at? And he, he's like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> whole, whole thing where it's like, I don't understand how you could. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be friends with someone who is like that, who's so weird about my own personal life, who would be like, you know, saying like, oh, I can't show up to this because I, I think that you are horrible and that you're going to burn for eternity or it's whatever. It's so bizarre. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's so, so bizarre. You yeah. Know? But I mean, that's that the whole conservative media ecosystem is just like that, I guess. Right. Know? And constantly hypocritical, right? They co- congratulate themselves about like tolerating these vile views that are not accepting of their basic humanity, yet they won't tolerate like the slightest difference that goes in the wrong way, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're, they're more than happy to tolerate like people who are less accepting than them but oh if someone is more accepting they'll be like how could you you're you're grooming grooming children and you know like all all that uh all that stuff but you know i mean speaking of ben shapiro i don't know if you want to you want to kind of go into the 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 comment he made about his his latest movie oh yes absolutely what a terrible joke of a film it is yeah so so he so Shapiro and the rest of his friends at the the Daily Wire made a, made a movie called Lady Ballers and and the 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 movie is basically just you know the premise is like what if a bunch of guys decided they wanted to play women's sports and dominate them because of course men are better than women right of you course. know and then and by virtue of being dudes they go and they they win everything because that's i guess mm. how it how it works and he was being interviewed by by uh Jeremy Boring who is like a, i guess he's like the head of the Daily Wire mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his deal is he's like the CEO or something mm-hmm. but he's also the lead in the movie <laughs> <laughs> because they couldn't find any actors. Yeah. yeah. So well, it, you know, and it didn't help that they were filming the whole thing during the strike too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so he's doing that. They're, they're, they're talking about the movie. And at one point, Ben Shapiro says, like he, he says that at first he wanted to make a documentary Oh, what if we made a documentary where these guys, where guys just went, went around joining women's teams and dominating. And and then he says, he says the thing that just gives away the game. He says that then they found out that men can't actually just go and say, I'm a woman today and and sign up. There are restrictions. There are safeguards in place. Like, you know, you have to be on hormones for such and such time. You have to, you know, and, and it varies. You approached me and you said we should make a fictional film about this topic. Now, to be fair, I think I'd actually suggested to the Grain Boys that they do this as a doc. Yes. I, I originally went to them and I said, you guys should, like, go try out for a bunch of ladies' leagues. And that became not possible because, as it turns out, most ladies' leagues don't allow in actual men. And, and uh, they weren't willing to go the full distance in terms of what it would require in order to, you know, the actual hormone treatments and everything to play in some of the ladies' leagues. But in any case, it turned into this. And that's what's always been so frustrating about any of these, oh, yeah, will you say that men don't have an advantage over women? And it's like, no, that's not what anyone's saying. Men, in a lot of ways, will have advantage over women. But... Things like hormone replacement therapy will affect that, you know, will, will, uh, you know, chip away at it. And also, you know, as I've written in the past, it's like, you know, I think we can all agree that like if someone is in their late 20s, is six foot 10 and comes out as a trans woman and says, I want to play basketball, being six foot ten is the advantage is going to give that person an advantage. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we could probably agree that this person has a pretty intense advantage in basketball and volleyball and sports where height matters. Yeah. But like, would that same person have an advantage in gymnastics? Maybe it depends. You know, would what about um, you know when we're seeing this kind of spread into other areas where it's like, oh, what, do they have an advantage in um, in chess? 
That's the one that's that's right. And I believe that was it Riley Gaines who I can't remember who who it was, but someone was like, "Yeah, of course." Like men would always have an advantage over women. Yeah, it's like this is the it's going out out of the outside the realm of just being transphobic, just being straight up sexist. Yeah. I mean, where it's just like, well, of course men are better at chess because they're smarter. Their brains are better. You know, like stuff like that is just so it's it's it, I'd say it's like funny, but it's it's really sad. It how is destructive, really sad. Like these views are because there is not some giant issue of trans women going around and dominating women's sports. That's just, you know, every once in a while, we hear about every single time a trans woman wins anything. Even or, even if she comes, like, fourth or fifth. Yeah. I mean, well, that was the thing with Riley Gaines. Yeah. It was, it was she, she tied with Leah Thomas for, like, fifth place or something mm. in a race. And then she, that, Riley Gaines turned that into her whole career. Yeah. And and she was in the she was in the Lady Ballers movie as well. Oh, was uh, she? Yeah, yeah. She, uh, you know, she she popped up in there and uh, as as a swimmer, uh, which you know, okay. Uh, but it's just <laughs> the the funny thing about that movie though is the way that they were marketed. They're like, this is something that Hollywood wouldn't make. It's too triggering for everyone. Oh, the you know they're they're marketing it like that, but it's just like. No, Hollywood has repeatedly made this movie. This this concept is not yeah, is not new. You know, it's like you've got what's that movie? Joanna Man. You know, you've got that. That was one. Uh you've got uh the movie Ladybugs. Uh you've got there's another one that was like uh Johnny Knoxville was in years ago where called like The Ringer where he like fakes a disability so he could compete in the special olympics or something like like there have been all of these movies that have taken that premise where it's like someone fakes being something else so that they can win in sports right you know and it's just been done and it's not because of wokeness run amok that people aren't making those movies it's just that those movies have already been made and and it's outdated like yeah well and it's 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 a lot of that same stuff that comes comes up with um you know people will bring up when it comes to like um oh you could never make blazing saddles today well i mean there there are reasons why you couldn't make blazing saddles today one of one of which being that blazing saddles was very specific to its time blazing saddles was a satire of you know, westerns, which were which were huge for decades at that point. They're, the western is not a giant genre right now. Yeah. You know, and so so if you made Blazing Saddles today, it wouldn't have the effect that it did. And people have made movies mocking uh, popular genres. You know, remember all those the scary movies, right? Right. You know, yeah. like. And not another teen movie and epic movie. They they did that and kept doing it for years. And it made money for a while. And then it just kind of got old because those those movies are all kind of the same, you know, as they go. I think that people are. They're not even original in their bigotry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's always that's always been my issue when it comes to like anti-trans stuff with, um, you know, like Dave Chappelle. Hmm. He. I, I I and I wrote about this the last time he put out a a special. My issue is not that he tells jokes about trans people because he you know he's going to do what he's going to do. My issue is that he doesn't tell original jokes. Mm. You know his his he does in in two of his Netflix specials he's done variations on the same joke. In in one of them oh, he comp- he compared being trans to suddenly you know to. What if he acted like he was Chinese and started talking with a stereotypical oh accent and said, I'm Chinese. And then in another one, he talked about Rachel Dolezal. And oh. these are the same joke. These yeah. are, you know, it's the same I identify as joke that that he's done several times before, that Ricky Gervais has done, that South Park has done over and over. It's like it's it's not that these are offensive necessarily i mean they they yeah, usually are yeah. but <laughs> but it's it's that they're 
just old jokes. They're not fresh. They're not new. There are, you know, being trans is objectively hilarious. I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot to kind of kind of wrestle with, you know, on that. But but coming from like a more authentic place, yeah, I guess, yeah. Like right? there are a lot of you know there are a lot of really funny trans comedians right. out there who tell jokes at, at their own expense, right? And you know, or you know, oh, I can't remember her name. There's a trans woman who one of her jokes got that got a lot of conservatives mad was something like, uh, "People think we transitioned so we can, so we can beat up women in um, in in MMA or something like that." Or you know, if it, and she said like, "If we wanted to beat up women, we wouldn't have transitioned. We'd have become oh. cops or something." Oh like yeah, that. I think I remember that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, the, taking that joke and kind of twisting it and playing playing on the uh, the tropes, you know, like that is funnier than just sort of rehashing the same haha isn't it funny what if i identified as something oh, ridiculous yeah i'm an attack helicopter ha 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 yeah i mean ricky gervais has been doing that for what a decade now yeah and like the the thing is that's for how long people have been doing those jokes for how long people have been telling these jokes that the public perception of trans people i think has is pretty wildly shifted in that time right like, I think that ten, you know, ten years ago, things were getting better for trans people, pretty, pretty, you know, obviously. But uh, the past few years, it's like the anti-trans people have gotten more or less everything they wanted. You know, they'll they'll still complain about, oh, you can't say anything these days, but their views are considered the mainstream ones. Yeah. Anti-trans views get get put in the New York Times more than it's pro-trans. So sad. Views, yeah. You know, and. So it's it's kind of weird that they still sort of cling to this like oh I'm saying what's I'm saying the forbidden thing it's like no you're saying you're saying the mainstream point of view yeah the status quo literally yeah you're just you're just mocking a, a group that's being kind of bullied and pushed under and who that doesn't get to to actually respond to things you know as Ben Shapiro pointed out when he when he was like oh and then it turns out we couldn't make a documentary because that's not what that's not how this works. You know, right. Yeah. What is self-own? Yeah, the entire premise. It's like that, yeah, that's the entire moral panic that they've been pushing for for years. Yep, the and, whole moral panic is based on a lie that they made up themselves. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because there's there's no room for trans people to, to speak back on, you know, to, to actually get their views out. Yeah, you know? no, I hear you. It's... Because every and this this will happen a, a lot if I'm talking to someone who's maybe not like entirely pro trans, but they have they have concerns. Which you know, if someone has concerns, okay, I'll you know, I I, I try to assume that when people say I have concerns, they don't mean it in a very cynical way. I think so, but like then I'll be like, okay, what are these concerns? And then it's always something that's some weird hyped up yeah. right wing thing. That's like, well, my concerns are what if you win all the Olympic medals, you know, <laughs> <And> it's, like, <laughs> it, it's such a small percentage of the yeah. population and the fear mongering is it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as someone of Muslim background, I, I it's obviously not the same thing and I'm not, you know, a practicing Muslim, I'm completely non-religious, but um, you see, like, the kind of fear-mongering about Muslims and Muslim immigrants. Oh, that's a, that's a great great point, because whose voices get heard? You know, especially, I, th I think, in the past, you know, ever ever since October 7th, that's that's been one thing that, you know, having having watched the, you know, people protesting for Israel and for Palestine or again, you know, like watching all of that, the, the hate that, that bubbles up on, uh, you know, aimed at both, you know, at both people who are Jewish and people who are Muslim. And people who uh, are has, queer has, or trans also, yeah. like they're also yeah. getting pulled into it. Yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot of this weird like oh these these purple haired weirdos are you know like Juliana Margulies right, did that yeah the, the the people who want us to call them they them they don't understand if they set foot in a Muslim country yeah. they'd be the first one but, to have their heads chopped off or something 
Yeah. And it's like, what on earth, like what the, these are not helpful conversations. They're not productive conversations. And I think that that's what frustrates me so much about discussions of trans people, you know, generally, and, and really any controversial issue. We, we can never just talk about something. We can never talk about what's actually the, the problem at hand, you know, like, Right now, if anyone tries to talk about, um, you know, if they're like, hey, I have concerns about the Israeli government and their bombing campaign in Gaza, you know, someone will be like, well, do you condemn Hamas? And also, what do you think about college students chanting from the river to the sea? And it's like, what? None. What? (laughs) You know, like suddenly it just gets turned into this like list of things you have to go through first to to express concern you know it's like i i my personal opinion on what happened on october 7th the attack like i think that's horrific and everything i've heard heard uh, about it and from it i think is is horrific and i i just i don't think that that justifies an endless bombing campaign, you know, that's, that's right. kind of the, the point here. And people will then, if you, if you try to say that, they'll say, oh, oh, so, so they sh- Israel shouldn't be able to, to protect itself, to defend itself. Yeah. Oh, you're saying you're, you're denying that these atrocities happened. And it's like, no, not at all. I'm saying they happened, but that, that you can't just point to those as an excuse to then hurt people who had nothing to do with this. Right. At what point does it not be self-defense, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes, comes down to the fact that, um, cause I'm, I'm 37. So, so I was 15 when nine 11 happened Mm -hmm. and like watching that, that like shaped so much of my, my political worldview because it was that same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, if you try to say, hey, maybe the U.S. shouldn't just bomb, you know, random countries in in response to this, mm-hmm. um, you know, or if you if you would speak up in opposition to, you know, there'd be a story that would come up about, you know, civilians being killed by U.S. troops, and if you push back on that, they'd say, oh, so you think that Bin Laden was right? And it's like, yeah. no, yeah, of course yeah. not. <laughs> And it's the same kind of tactic being used now, right? You're opposing war and calling for a ceasefire, but that is being spun as some sort of Hamas support. Not you personally, I mean, just the general you. Yeah, but that's, that's, it's so so frustrating because I think that, I think most people, you know, I I, I see people on both sides of this who, who I think are smart, who are empathetic, who are good people who dig themselves in and they don't want to have a conversation. They want to distort what other people like. And and it makes sense to, to, to feel that way because there are a lot of people who are saying horrible things, who are denying atrocities and who are doing all of that. And it, it, it's easy to kind of like, guard yourself, you know, to dig your heels in. Yeah. yeah, To put up some, some armor to, to protect against that because that is horrible and it's hard to deal with. But in the end, it's like, you're, if you're going to paint everyone who takes any view that is not 100% your own as equivalent to the people on the, the far extreme of that side, then we can't have, conversations because it's going to constantly be like someone saying hey yeah i i don't think that civilians should be bombed and someone then going i want to talk about college students and and their slogans you know yeah but even that is like uh asymmetric you know what i mean yeah it 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 really is you know but it's because college students and their slogans, like, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I, I, I don't believe that saying from the river to the sea is genocidal. No, like, and while, you know, the same people will excuse, like, the bombing of hospitals, of refugee camps, and politicians saying explicitly very genocidal and eliminationist things, you know? Yeah, and I mean, yet they want to shift the focus to the college campuses where people are saying, and and sure, there might be like some like 
overzealous, lefty uh, campus kids that say problematic things as well. Oh, of course. But, there always are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not at the same level as the you know people in charge, in power, the politicians and the cabinet ministers calling mm-hmm. for the genocide and elimination of an entire people. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't believe that like people who, that most people who are even the ones digging in on those positions, you know, who are focusing on, you know, um, student protests. I don't, you know, I don't think they're necessarily doing it because they're, they're malicious or they're, they're, you know, or they they think that the people of Gaza deserve it or anything like that. I think that in a lot of cases they're just very, you know, it's it's a very stressful, very heated time, and it's easy to kind of uh, lash out, you know. And I know that in the, that I've definitely felt felt that way in the past when like uh, trans trans rights are are attacked, where I just get where where someone will say something that is maybe not super anti-trans, but I will be like, we need support right now and you are not providing support and I'm angry about this. You know, like that right. that sort of feeling where it overrides the reality of the situation. Like if someone's like, I genuinely have uh, concerns about trans women in sports, you know, like wh- whether or not that's, there's fairness issues and all of that. But overall, I, I truly you know, I think that trans people should be treated as the gender that they they are. They should be able to update their ID documents and then they should be able to just live their lives. Like if someone says that and the only thing I focus on is the the thing about the sports, then I'm I'm really just alienating someone who who is more or less on my side, you know, and I've been in that position yeah. before where I have. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who use those? Exactly. I just have concerns. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and and that's why I try I try to ask people about their opinions on other trans issues. Right. I'm like, okay, isn't that like how J.K. Rowling started as yeah. well? Uh huh. Yeah. And, and same with uh, Martina Navratilova. You know, it's it's a lot of I just have uh, I got these little concerns, mm-hmm. and it, and it goes from being like, well, what if someone fakes being trans and and mm-hmm. just so they can go in a you know, a, a women's prison or like stuff like that, which I mean, my, my position on, on prisons and stuff like that is that all prisoners, men, women, trans, not trans, old, young, you know, like everyone deserves to be, to have healthcare deserves to be protected from physical violence right deserves to be protected from from mental torture you know like um like solitary confinement yeah. i mean when people the the systems that we have in place for you know with prisons as it is 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 bad enough that the, their sentences are to serve a certain amount of time in these these conditions not to like all be like, well, they deserve more than that. They deserve to be punished more than that, or they don't deserve rights. No, everyone deserves to be safe in in prison in at any aspect of life, you know. Right. But people will get hung up on, oh, so you think you think uh, you think a man should be put in a women's cell and and attack? It's like what? No, like I. The, I don't think anyone should be subject to violence anywhere. Right. And most most violence that takes place in prisons is, you know, uh, in, in women's prisons especially, uh, is a lot of, like, people who work there. These are <laughs> – there are issues to worry about, but people get uh, super hung up on trans issues instead of actually talking about the actual – the the big threats that exist right because it's a reflection of their paranoia and bigotry it's so much easier to to brush off the problems of the world when you can when you can feel justified in standing up for something else you know for for something that you claim addresses the problem you know and i think that that's something that happens a lot with 
you know, debates about who goes in what prison and, you know, debates about, you know, who can play what sports. Right. And when you, you mentioned know. the just asking questions routine, um, mm-hmm. you reminded me of, I don't know if you saw this story on Dax Shepard's podcast. He made Jonathan Van Ness cry. I, I heard about that, but I, I don't know the... Uh the specifics. Okay. So it was basically just, just asking questions about, you know, trans women and sports and just really pushing very hard. And, you know, after you've probably done these types of interviews and you're not expecting it, I think they said that, you know, they were there to promote their own work and weren't expecting this kind of a combative conversation. It was just, it was upsetting. Yeah, it's, and, you know, and I, and I do think it's important to, to try to have gentle conversations, you know, and I understand that, like, the, there's this, like, there's this impulse to be like, how dare you, you not get this, you know, and it's, it's so difficult. I don't know what the right, the right, you know, approach to any of this really is, but, I just I want to I want to believe that there are that more people than not, you know, think that, you know, most people I don't think spend their days obsessing about trans people. Most people I don't think spend their days um, obsessing about what college students are saying on campus. You know, like these are not these are not things that your average mm. everyday person has on their mind all all the time. The the issue is that, you know, these are the the things that, you know, people who work in newsrooms can't stop obsessing about. You know, like the New York Times has been doing campus concern trolling oh, yeah. stuff for uh, I wrote a piece when I was at Media Matters and I, and I found ones going back to like the early 1900s where it was it would be like <laughs> no professor way. should he have the right to 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 speak uh to speak his mind in class you know like all of these things would, would come up <laughs> that's and, amazing yeah you know it's like these things have been ha- going on forever they're always treated like some new problem yeah, that needs yeah. to be addressed but they've always existed and we've always just kind of kept talking about it yeah. no one no one moves on and goes okay turns out i was wrong yeah just even in our like short like social media life yeah. you see it evolve from like sjw's to like wokeness slash regressive left and yeah. you know all these different terms it's it's all the same yeah <laughs> you know yeah, cancel culture exactly um, call out culture uh political correctness yeah you know these are all these are all part of the same same beast you know yeah the same hysteria yeah and it so much of it's just a, a distraction from you know from actual problems that affect actual people yeah i saw something yesterday about how there are, are People who are part of the government in the UK, I guess, that are now trying to make it where it's like, oh, to update your gender on documents, we will no longer accept uh, documents from the following countries or something like that. Oh. And like the con- the and the countries that they'll accept documents from, it's like Iran, uh, you know, like all of these like really kind of uh, regressive countries, but they, you know. The, it was like uh, st- the U.S. Uh, only certain states, and it's like and and not the state that I live in. Oddly. Really? Yeah. Like I just I want to see if I can I can find this because it it's really yeah. Okay, so the gender recognition approved countries and territories in saving provision order 2023. Yeah, and it's like the following states of the United States of America, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Carolina, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. It's like, yeah, that leaves out like California. Wait, those are the places they're accepting documents from. Yeah, they'll accept documents from Turkey and uh, uh, like. So is it like because it's harder to get those documents in those places and those states? Yes, that's what it seems like. Yeah, they're they're basically what they're doing. Which let's see. Okay, the Women and Equalities Minister 
in in the UK, I guess, is the one who's who's updating this. And the argument is basically that in some of these other states, you can you can update your documents um, without having surgery first. And it's yeah, so it's, they're forcing people to have surgery yeah, before they can update their. That's it's, ridiculous. It's it's so so ridiculous. But that's you know that's been their whole their whole concern for you know their their fake concern you know the self id oh no if we have self id where people can just identify as something then then uh, society will fall it's like most places have most things we do in the world have are are done with self id you know when when someone uses a public restroom you're not like showing yeah. your driver's <laughs> license. You're, we're trusting, like, society works by just trusting that most people know where they're going and what they're doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't stop, you know, I, like, like, there are certainly times where, let's say, like, if someone's in a restaurant and they're, and they're choking and someone's like, I'm a doctor, I can help. Someone else probably is not going to go, hold on, let me like, prove it, you know, prove it to me first before yeah. you help this choking <laughs> person, you know, it's like, no, we just kind of, we, people tell us things, you know, same thing with their, you know, their, their backgrounds, you know, if someone says, uh, oh, my name is, my name is John, I'm not going to go prove it. Right. <laughs> or know? even nicknames, right? I heard stories about where children who wanted to be called like Joe instead of Joseph are now having to have their parents yeah, like sign receive an email. Yeah, because they don't want children to like self-identify with like different names that are mm -hmm. like not on their documents. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> But, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the world we we live in. Speaking of uh, moral panics, uh, one that I found interesting lately about the left was that all these young leftists were being <laughs> radicalized by TikTok into becoming Bin Laden supporters. Yeah, that was a that was a, a fun little, little <laughs> story. Um, it God, it, it, you know, it's so frustrating to to see to see stuff like that because basically there was a there was a video going around that was people who found like Bin Laden's 2002 uh, letter to America where he explains why he did 9/11 basically, right. and it's it, you know it it was basically boiled down to um, he hates Israel and uh, doesn't like U.S. foreign policy. And that's kind of the core of a lot of it, you know, and, and, you know, there's obviously the, the, uh, re religious war kind of aspect right. of it too, but. And some anti-imperialist. Yeah. It's, you know, very, very but... like boilerplate kind of stuff yeah. that it's just like, you could tell some stuff was not. And some, what, some what, really what, like genocidal anti-Semitism, yeah, like, of course. There, there's nothing in there that that would make a normal, you know, like a regular person like see that and go, oh, well, he had a point. Like, no, 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 he right. did not have a point. Right. But right. I think a lot of the a lot of what people were saying on like TikTok is, you know, they're seeing this and they're going, wait, I, you know, I was taught in school that that we were attacked because because they hate our freedoms, you know, that these these sorts of like. Uh, descriptions of, of 9-11 that 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 don't uh, deal with the the reality of why why things happen right you know right. oh we were just attacked out of out of nowhere yeah no like that we were attacked like there, there was a, a stated reason for why the 9-11 attacks happened i don't think they're they're legitimate reasons they're, right you know there's no legitimate reason to to fly planes into a tower yeah. and kill thousands of innocent people it's important to know what those reasons are, though, I think, you know, and that's that's sort of the the thing that came up with this TikTok thing. But instead, it was people seeing <laughs> seeing people talking about, oh, the bin Laden letter on TikTok and going, oh, no, everyone on TikTok loves Osama bin Laden now. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> and it's just it's. And anytime you you could I I could pull if if I wanted to find people taking literally any position on the planet 
I could find that on on any social media network. Yeah, probably. And, and put together a compilation that makes it seem like that is a thing, that that is a trend. Internet yeah. trend stories are annoy me so much because so many of them are that, where it's like, oh, are kids eating Tide Pods? Well, I found 20 people posting jokes about Tide Pods, so it must be true. Right, you know? right. Like, you know, and there are still people who who – legitimately believe that there were people eating Tide Pods when it's like, no, people do get sick from Tide Pods, but they tend to be older people um, and they're not doing it on purpose. It's just an accident. And but how you know, does that, that happen by accident? I don't even know. But I remember seeing that it was like, oh, it, more elderly people uh, have gotten sick with this than, you know, like teenagers. Oh, really? You know, because I didn't even because, like look too much into that Tide Pod story ever. I just ignored it. So, yeah, do tell me because I know nothing, nothing about it. OK, I just I just pulled it up. Laundry pod deaths more common in elderly dementia patients than children. That's it. Oh, so, how sad. Yeah, like that's, you know, like that that's horrible. But, you know, you will still see people saying, oh, well, your generation is the one that ate Tide Pods. You know, right. they'll, they'll say this to people who are in, who are Gen X, who are millennials, who are Gen Z. They, It's just become a, a, you know, quote unquote, young person thing, even though millennials and Gen X are not exactly young. <laughs> right. <laughs> There are still people who seem to think that millennials are like, you know, like in high school. It's like, <laughs> like Bill Maher. He hates everyone that's like yeah, yeah. not on board with him. So yeah, where, where you just where you just he just sort of sort of assumes that anyone younger than him is like ah kids these days. Like someone would be like I'm fifty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fifty. I'm not a kid. <laughs> But yeah, so I thought that was really a convenient uh, way to tie in the demonization of the left with the Islamic radicalization thing that a lot of these people like to do. Like, I think it was a couple of years ago that Ayan Hirsi Ali, um, who is such a massive, massive grifter, and has recently Just converted to Christianity. Exactly, recently <laughs> left her new atheism behind and converted to Christianity um, because it was never about the atheism for her, obviously. Um, but she wrote an article talking about how, like, um, BLM was similar to Islamic extremism because they both had chants and just like really stupid shit like that. Yeah. It's like, and um, yeah, it just reminds me of that, you know, that ongoing effort to tie the left. Even now you see like a lot of people in terms of the Israel Hamas situation, they keep trying to tie the left in as like these Hamas lovers, right? Yeah. Columbia professors and Columbia students are losing their minds and anti-Semitism is like out of control on every single campus. And it really seems seems odd that that's the conversation that's, that's being had right now when what was it last week or a week before that there were there were three Palestinian students who were shot on a in Vermont right. on 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 a campus it's like yeah I think I think that anti-semitism is a big issue and I think it Islamophobia is. is a big issue yeah. you know these things are tied together right and and so much of the discussion that seems to be happening happening right now is pretending that these these two issues are not tied together and that that the well-being of both groups affected by it are not linked but they are you know and Sam Harris re like he's been really really losing his mind these days yeah, I, I I haven't been keeping up with him for, for a while, but I read um oh what was that book of his from from long ago? One of like his earliest things, I don't know. Letter uh, to a Christian Nation? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Well he's been podcasting more recently and his takes are just out of this world. Like he frustrates me in particular because he's better at masking his mm -hmm. bigotry for people who who 
are unfamiliar with this sort of tactic. And so he slips under the radar for a lot of people. And even Juliana Margulies, she said that she has been educating herself on Hamas by listening to Sam Harris's podcast, uh. which is literally the worst way because the guy just cannot... Uh, contextualize anything he's decided on like one narrative which is very similar to like um, Netanyahu's children of darkness versus children of light and he is just insisting on going with that so his most recent and I think he's pumped out like five in a matter of like three four weeks anti like hysterically anti-muslim anti-islam uh, episodes and his most recent one is like about how uh, Islamophobia is not a thing. And uh. like this is the time that he's choosing to really stress that message. And, uh, you know, he talks about how it's just like been weaponized so people can't criticize Islam. And, um, you know, of course, doesn't mention that uh, anti-Semitism is also being weaponized like pretty intensely these days and yep. conflated with anti-Zionism. Yeah, you, you had the, the uh, U.S. House of Representatives just, just voted to say that, say as much. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous to do that and so dangerous. It, it is, you know, because it's for a lot of people, this is this is just a game. This is just, you know, it's it's scoring points and it's it's. It's that, you know, and it's no one actually, you know, like there are a lot of people who, who don't actually care about the well-being of, of you know, Jews or Muslims. Yeah. They, they just want they just want to be, you know, oh, look, my side is the right one and yours is wrong. And then they paint. Yeah, they try to paint everyone on the left as as being, you know, anti-Semitic and they're pro-Hamas. Yes. Know? It's like it's that's such it's, a dishonest yeah. conversation and, from the start. And I've seen people say, like, I'm not going to vote for Democrats because they support Hamas. And it's like, I that's not even a little true. Not you know, even, el yeah. Elected Democrats, you know, <laughs> ones who are actually in office are are basically have the same position on what's happening in the Middle East as Republicans. Like, yeah. The, 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 this is one of those situations where it really is the, the uniparty believes, you know, where it's just one party, you know, that, that believes one thing, you know, different degrees of it. But yeah, the, the, when they're pointing to like random people at protests and then being like, that's what the Democrats are. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And we, you know, it's the same exact thing happened during the black lives matter protests where activists would say, defund the police and Literally every Democrat, minus maybe one or two, would say, "No, we need to give the police more money." Yeah, and and still, they would Democrats will get get labeled as anti-police, and oh, they want to defund the police, even though you know it's like J Joe Biden. He he put out a statement in it was like May thirtieth, twenty twenty, saying I oppose the idea of defunding the police we should fund the police and it, it was still biden loves loves riots and biden <laughs> lo wants to defund the police and it's just we're not even talking in realities anymore we're, we're biden just sort of the communist yeah you know i mean it's it's all about political messaging and campaigning than it is about actually dealing with what people believe, and and if you disagree with them, trying to change their minds or trying to convince other people that they, the other people, you know, other people uh, have it wrong or something like that. But instead, we go, oh, Joe Biden wants to, you know, kill your puppy, and you know, <laughs> and then you have to like backtrack to try to like address that claim. Otherwise, then it's just out there and. You know, it it doesn't help that there are so many different sources of, of information now that, you know, every website, podcast, uh, <laughs> newsletter will give you. You can find your own curated source of information that that affirms every belief you have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it makes it a lot easier to just kind of wall yourself off and uh, and, and, and do that. Yeah.
And, uh, you know, you find that a lot of people accuse uh, the left of doing that, but actually a lot of people on the right do that endlessly. I mean, I like to listen to content that I disagree with um, to the point where people that listen to my show are like, are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why are you doing this to yourself? And, uh. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the hypocrisy is endless with right-wingers, um, but that Bin Laden TikTok trend was just very, very convenient, I thought. And, yeah, as you said, you can find any narrative. And, I mean, didn't, didn't they say that Yashar cherry-picked these examples and uh, put together a reel and then boosted it? popularity yeah that w- that was another thing uh, about it where it was you know if you if you create if you create a, a compilation of something and then you you know and you frame it as a as a giant trend that's happening and then you post it online and then people see that and then start talking about it to where you've made it much more popular than if you had not talked about it at all it's like are you helping or are you you're just adding fuel to the fire and I think that there are a lot of people who, especially you know, now in this sort of age of uh, you know needing to to get people's attention and needing to get views and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, a better framing would be that you could you know debunk those claims if you find like find problematic yeah. TikTok videos. You could be like, oh, look at this. This sucks for this reason. But like to compile it and be like, oh young leftists are becoming bin laden lovers that was just ridiculous i thought yeah yeah i think so too (laughs) yeah so what is your view generally about um covering because i i think i saw you have some exchanges with is it mike rothschild yes yes uh, on that uh... topic and Mm -hmm. i find it interesting and i'm not like obviously a hundred percent decided myself I I cover a lot of extremism on my show and uh through trial and error I've come to the decision that absolutely do not try to discuss and debate with people who are awful you know in my like earlier online days uh I used to think well you know maybe I can try and explain to them why they're wrong Mm -hmm. no 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 that's not a good idea yeah, I, a lot of people will pretend to, you know, be like, oh, I have just a general question. It's like, mm, do you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> are you just genuinely asking a question? Or yeah. are, are you just trying to get me to, to waste my time and energy? Yes. So, you, so that's yeah. why I think, you know, you can you can have that content and you can talk about it, but you don't need to feature the people that are making that content necessarily. That's where I've ended up right now. What are your thoughts on like talking about and discussing extremism? Cause I think you and Mike were discussing yeah, we, this. Yeah, we had, we had different, different positions on this and he, he, he argued that, uh, that the bin Laden thing, for instance, uh, it was, that it was important to, to t- talk about that, to, to bring that, into the mainstream to talk about. And my argument was that this was just, this was a, a small handful of people on TikTok right. who were not actually trending and who would probably fade out by the end of the day, you know, who, or end of the week, and we would never hear about it. Not some like QAnon style movement that was bubbling under the surface you know and and i think that it's important to not lift the voices of people who are who are saying extreme things if they are just kind of a flash in the pan kind of right you know situation because a lot of times it backfires i mean you know for instance lauren bobert who's you know member of congress the the reason that she's in congress right now is is likely because she showed up at a uh, at a rally for for Beto O'Rourke when he was running for president, and he said something about you know damn right I'm gonna take your AR-15s and she like 
yelled at him or something in publicly. Oh. And everyone talked about it. Oh, the la- here's the lady that yelled at him. You know, and then she got attention. Then conservatives started giving her money, and then she ran for office, and now she's in Congress. Right. You know, in Congress, and posting pictures with Dave Chappelle as haha. Right. Just, just some people who know that there are only two genders. You know. Yeah. You, you know, obviously, you can't. You don't know how these things are going to work out, but it. The most difficult part of succeeding in not necessarily politics, but I think business in the sort of attention economy is is getting, you know, getting into the mainstream in the first place. That's that's a, a challenge to overcome. And if you're just helping them, if you're just helping someone get get into a position where they can reach a larger audience, yeah. because if you if you put someone in front of, you know, in, in front of 100 million people and 99 million, you know, 99% of them disagree because their views are horrific, but, but 1% agree, you've just given them a a million, uh, you know, a million believers, a million supporters, like they did not lose this exchange. You could, you could crush them and, and, you know, destroy their arguments. But if 1% agree with them, then you've, you know, and it's easy to get 1% of people to agree with anything. You right. have the the most horrible positions on the planet, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's kind of my point of view. Where it's like you really have to be careful. So in not- terms of QAnon, though, like mm-hmm. you would be okay with uh, highlighting that and discussing it because it's large enough a movement already that it's yeah. you know you can't ignore oh, it. Yeah, I th- I think that it's it's important to 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 talk about these you know movements. One thing about QAnon is that the discussions of it in, in in the press tended to tend to deal with with the movement itself and the beliefs of that movement rather than the individual conspiracy theorists who were who were propping it up. You know, like right. you'd see you'd see stories about about these you know the various QAnon influencers on you know places like Media Matters, but you wouldn't see them pop up in like NBC News reporting. Right. You know? Yeah. Thank you so much, Parker, for um, for joining me today. And uh, is there anything you want to plug? No, I mean, uh, if if uh, if people want to go to my my newsletter, which is at uh, read tpa, as in read the present age uh, dot com. Uh, that's that's my newsletter. I write there. You can sign up for free and keep up with all of my random thoughts. Awesome. Thanks so much, Parker. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. Have a nice thanks. day. You too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support it, there are several ways you can do that. You can share it online, talk about what you just heard. You can leave a five-star review to help others find it too. And you can also subscribe via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No E in mangoes. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter before it's uh, completely wrecked, you'll find me at nice mangoes. Again, No E in mangoes.